What a weekend. Subway series didn't disappoint when it comes to entertainment value. Unfortunately, it was a big disappointment for the Yankees losing two of three and now falling a game out of the wild card. We'll do a special Pinstripe Pod Meets Amazing But True crossover segment with Jake Brown and Nelson Figueroa to look back at a wild Subway series and a memorable tribute to 9-11, of course. That was a tremendous night in Queens. For the Yankees, are they toast? Will they make the playoffs? Lots to unpack on a busy edition of the Pinstripe Pod from the New York Post. Lindor with a swing and a drive out to right field. Gallo on the move, still on the move. And it's gone! If Francisco's first year as a Met could include a signature moment, we just watched it. Into deep left center field, and this game is tied! Santa Maria! And look at Stanton taking his sweet time. Oh, he got some chippiness. He's talking to Lindor. Oh, now it's on. Everybody's out on the field. Stanton answering back to Lindor. We have a game. We have a series. If you're going to talk the talk, you better walk the walk. Oh, man. And they're both doing it, so this is fun. And only two Mets in the history have hit three home runs here at home. Oh, oh, oh my oh, gosh. Oh, 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 oh. Did he get another one? Oh! Gallo's on his way back. He got it! Santa Maria! Lindor again! Oh, my! Just the second ever Mets shortstop to enjoy a three-homer game. Well, you can't draw this up any better. Jam shot pop-up. Why not Lindor putting the finishing touches on a memorable night, wrapping up the Subway Series? Welcome to a Subway Series pinstripe pod meets Amazing But True crossover. In the words of Ron Burgundy, boy, that escalated quickly. My goodness, what a weekend in Queens at City Field. Jake Brown here alongside my Amazing But True co-host, Nelson Figueroa, the pinstripe pod host, Chris Sheeran. And Jeff Nelson, wow. We have lots to react to our New York Post baseball podcast crossover following what was quite the Subway series, quite the atmosphere at City Field. Those highlights you just heard in that montage courtesy of ESPN and Matt Vaxcursion with A-Rod on the call for a game that went into the wee hours of the night, guys. And the Mets took two out of three and Francisco Lindor had his game. We're all pretty tired this morning, either from watching. I was there, and the atmosphere was one of the great all-time regular season atmospheres I have ever seen. Let's start, Figgy, on the Yankees side. Let's let's start with Shearney. What was your initial reaction to everything that transpired from the Lindor homers to the, you know, the whistling to the quote-unquote brawl, which I'll get to Nelly in a second, which he would laugh at, at what uh, that benches clearing incident. What was your overall thoughts of everything that transpired in that game when, you know, you were in studio and doing the post game. Well, it was a great game if you're a Met fan. It was an absolute piece of dog manure if you were a Yankee fan. I mean, four hours, over four hours for a baseball game is just 
it's pathetic. It, it absolutely is pathetic. And, and it breaks down to the pitching. We have two former pitchers on this podcast, and I'm sure they'd agree with me. You got guys coming into the game who can't find the plate. Guys come into the game as starters and start walking people to start the game. Carrasco and Clark Schmidt, I'll give Schmidt a little bit of a pass. It was his first start after a circuitous route back to the major leagues. Yeah, Lindor had a, had the three homers, and for a Met fan, it's tremendous. But as a baseball fan and growing up as a baseball fan this is not the game I fell in love with and I know Jake you were there and you're a Met fan and it's exciting it's enthralling but Nelly I don't know about you I I have words for it but they're gonna have to beep my words so I'll let you take over well you know besides Friday you know it was a three and a half hour game and then you get two four hour games it's absolutely ridiculous and the only the only reason why the Yankees won one game is maybe they pitched a little bit better than the Mets their pitching is awful your start Clark Schmidt can't even go into five he can't get five innings the Corey Kluber experiment is still going on listen I I understand you know if I was in his spot I'd probably want the same thing I'd want to come back he's had a really good career I would want to try to contribute but it's the Yankees fault for letting him come back they should have saw this and say you know what we experimented with this in the beginning of the season he started the season with 60 pitches and he's not going deep and this isn't the time of year to start dipping into your bullpen when you don't have a bullpen that early they're struggling just as well it was a disgrace if you're a Yankee fan it was terrible as we know, the new baseball, uh, a quality start is no longer six innings, three runs or less. A quality start is three and a third. If you can get through the fourth, you're a magician and you oh my God. millions of dollars. The new math on baseball, the dollar value on baseball is not by pitches. It's by how many outs you can get that quickly, right? That's what you're hoping for. So when you're looking for 15 outs, from a starting pitcher, the very least you should try and get is 15 outs. If that's the new goal for pitchers, then I, I'm, I'm in the wrong business. I, I really should have uh, been born 10 years later <laughs> and and be left-handed. You factor in all these different things, and you can't understand why baseball and all the injuries, and anytime anybody goes close to a complete game and goes over 100 pitches, they go on the IL for about two months. I don't understand. They're bigger, faster, stronger than we ever were. And yet their breaking point is five innings right now. It's disgusting. It's it's something that definitely needs to be challenged and changed. And I would hope there's an organization that says, man, this sucks. Let's go back to, you know, the way baseball used to be played. Because you're having these bullpen games at the biggest moments. You're having these bullpen games where, no disrespect, Nelly, but it used to be the starters were your five best pitchers, right? And then yeah. it was... Hey, if you couldn't start, then you're going to have to become a reliever. You're going to have to be really good at getting three outs. So you should be extremely specialized and almost perfect in that essence because the starters are, we're trying to tire out the other team's hitters. We're trying to go three times through the lineup at least and maybe get into that fourth when you have your good stuff and you can go deeper into the games. Jacob DeGrom, what did he do? Touch, I think he had one complete game this year. I think he's only had five in his whole Mets career. Even the best pitcher in baseball, no disrespect to Cole, but even the best pitcher in baseball, Jacob DeGrom, isn't going complete games, and he's the ace. So the new baseball, it it just doesn't work, um, and we're seeing it more and more, and now you're in a playoff push. 
two teams going down the stretch, these bullpens who have been absolutely beleaguered all season long have to try and figure it out for the next two weeks to see if they can help their teams get into the playoffs. And and there you said it. What is an ace now? You know, is there such thing as an ace? You might have a few guys in the league that, and that's in the National League as well, that may want to go nine all the time, probably less than three. I would say if I'm going to pick anyone, it's probably Max Scherzer might be coming to my mind first about you got to rip the ball out of his hand because he wants to go nine innings all the time. I don't know if anybody else is like that. He may be the only true ace as far as when it comes to going deep into the game. Give me the ball. If you come out on this mound, you're going to get an earful. And he's the only guy. You know, you look at Cole, he can't get into the ninth inning because he's at 100 pitches by five. I I don't know if there's a true ace anymore. Let's get back to the game itself because, listen, if you're a fan... Let's continue to have... Let Jake have the spot. Yeah, Figgy, let's have a party here today. Let's, Let's... Let's smile because this is the Mets World Series. Let's be real. The Mets, if we make the playoffs, it's a party. Now, that's just the- sad. That's just sad. It's sad, yes. That is it's- sad. If you're thinking a regular season game is a World Series. And I heard when, I, when we were there on Saturday, that's what some of your Met fans and you guys said. Oh, this is our World Series. Oh, and that's what you shoot for. That, that's well, great. It's, it's, it's pathetic, of course. But listen, this is only the fourth time in the 25-year history of the Subway Series that the Mets have taken the series. It took four to six. You know, they had that big comeback against Chapman on the 4th of July. And uh, wow. Who if hasn't it's... had a comeback against Chapman? That's number yeah, that's one. True. Number two, Number two. if you're a Met fan and you want to dunk and hang on the rim while grabbing your junk, by all means, go ahead. I'd love to. If you want to celebrate in September, by all means, go right ahead. Well, I'm celebrating because finally, finally, the $341 million man grabbed his cojones and said, it's my turn. You know, the whole thing with Stanton, Wandy Peralta, if he was doing something, like, calm down, you're Wandy Peralta. I don't know the whole situation there. The whistling, Lindor took it hard. Maybe opponents should start whistling more because I've never seen Francisco Lindor put on his cleats and play a game of baseball for the Mets like he did. That was a big boy moment. The atmosphere was nuts. People were getting thrown out left and right. You know, anytime someone was standing, someone was getting thrown out. Yeah, more I punches More punches were probably thrown in the stands than were in the <laughs> I think so. Nelly, how about that brawl? Because in, you're what a guy brawl? who – There was no brawl. Oh, brawl. Let me do a a sheared special, air quote Chris Farley's uh, (laughs) brawl. You know, the bench is cleared. You you had Pedro throw Don Zimmer down. You went against Armando Benitez, threw punches. The bench is cleared there, but it seemed like a lot of yelling from a distance, like come at me and no one came. What did you think of the whole, the incident, Nelly, and the, the Peralta and the whistling and everyone getting fired up? Yeah, I, I don't, you know, I, I was watching and I was, you know, I, I was really surprised that Stanton said something when he was rounding, rounding second base and he said something to Lindor and, you know, he did a little side shuffle when they had words together. I mean, there's no real brawls any, well, there's a few, but there's no, those, they were just kissing. It was almost like 9-11 when they were all hugging again, you know, the teams were all getting together, but sometimes it lifts a team when you, when you kind of say things back and forth to the other team and it's a good rivalry, you know, I, I think brawls sometimes or at least bench clearings, I mean, draw teams together. You know, maybe that'll do that for the Yankees. Who knows? I was really surprised that Stanton even said something. But I was I, I was actually happy that somebody showed a heartbeat on the yeah. Yankees. And then yeah. Stanton was actually paying attention to what Lindor did when he was rounding the bases and then he went out there and he kind of stood up. He put his team on his back. He stood up and he told Lindor pretty much in more ways than one to shut his mouth. Don't be talking to our dugout when you're rounding the bases. So it was actually nice to see 
somebody on the Yankees has a pulse. Well, here's the thing. When that used to happen, if he's going to talk crap to the dugout, guess where that next at bat's going to be? He's going to get a baseball right in the ribs. Yeah, but that but doesn't again, happen anymore either. No, like Jake said, it's a different generation so you now. hit a home run. Yeah, you, you throw one right down the middle. Giving up 13 home runs this year. 13. 13 home runs as a reliever. That's 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 disgusting. Hit him in the freaking ribs. Hit him in the ribs. <laughs> Don't let him go deep. Put him on first. Nelly is fired up after Leonardo DiCaprio kept his mask on. Can you tell us quick about that experience, Nelly? You went to the U.S. Open for the first time in your life, and you're casually with Leo. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a big tennis fan, but I mean, I know all the tennis players and who they are. Obviously, it's actually actually a really good experience. I've never been, and you know, may never go again. But it was actually a really good experience. <laughs> went downstairs and and went in the suite. We had pretty decent seats in the beginning, and Leonardo DiCaprio was there. I was like, oh, cool. You know, he had his Dodger hat on, and you know, there was another actor that I was. I was talking to quite a bit. I don't remember his name, but uh, really, really nice guy. And, you know, I was talking to him for a long time. And then all of a sudden, you know, I said, hey, you know what? I'll just my kids. I told my kids that they were that he was there. And they were like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Get a picture. Normally, guys are, are pretty good about just uh, snapping a picture. So I said, hey, it was, it was like 5-1 in the last set, and uh, Medvedev was up, and he goes, okay, we're getting out of here. So I said, hey, you might not get a picture. So he said, yeah, let me have your camera. So he snaps his selfie real quick, and I'm like, what a douchebag. You know, he doesn't even freaking take his mask off. I said, you know, being a Yankee, and I'm sure a Mad Fig, he's probably been the same thing. I've met so many actors that, uh, you know, some of them you're, you're in all of, and, you know, some guys you, you can't wait to meet. And you, sometimes you uh, run into ones like that, that he probably has zero personality. It seemed that way. I tried talking to him for a few minutes, and he, he was like talking to a, uh, a piece of sushi. So uh, it was... Uh, it was not a great experience. One, one, I met this guy, I met Steven Seagal, who I absolutely love his movies. I love those karate movies. I met him in person, another douche. So, you know, most <laughs> guys, doesn't... most of them are the nicest people ever because they're the same way. They're in all of athletes. But those two were uh, were a big disappointment. I saw Nelly post it, and his caption was incredible. I've won four World Series with the greatest organization ever. Take off your effing mask, Leonardo DiCaprio, when you take a pick with me, BS. I was uh, cracking up. <laughs> maybe he wasn't vaccinated. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. And you know, Al Leiter had his mask on Saturday on the field. But he had it off in the suite, though. Yeah, he, he t- mask off came off indeed. Figgy, have you ever had a fight kind of ignite a team that you played on. I know you have a similar experience, Figgy, where the Nationals were chirping and you got mad at their dugout. So there's clearly something with chirping and hand signals that uh, fires teams up because you had that happen to yourself too. Yeah, but mine wasn't chirping or trying to, you know, that I was tipping pitches. Mine, they literally, the Nationals at that time were a laughing stock. Elijah Dukes, who was there, one of their players who it was either going to be, he was going to be in the big leagues or jail. That literally was how, <laughs> how they used to talk about him. That was the only two things he could possibly do. He's leading. The whole bench is sitting closer to each other, and they're singing, here we go, Millage, here we go, and clapping in unison. They were literally doing that like it was a Little League game. And I had bases loaded at the time. When I look over at David Wright, and he's looking at their dugout, and he's I thought it was kids above the dugout. Nope, no. It was actually the nationals singing and clapping in the dugout. My first reaction was like yours, Nelly. Somebody's taking it in the ribs. <laughs> and I have bases loaded. 
with one out, uh, I strike out Millage, and then I get Austin Kearns to pop up. But when Austin Kearns come up, comes up to bat, here we go, Kearnsy, here we go. <laughs> and I'm just like, it's about respecting the game, right? And I think that's what that moment was with all the whistling and each guy trying to stand up for their team. It's about respect the game. You want to do things, do them the right way. And if you're going to disrespect the game like that and disrespect my player, I had no problem with each guy taking that moment to be like, you know what? We're so used to these guys like getting together and hugging and kissing before the game. And even during the game when they get on base, hey, what's up? You know, high five at them. We don't see that anymore where it's like, you know what? You stay on your side, we'll stay on ours. And if there's a problem, then we can deal with it. So when they went out there to talk, even when they were drawing at each other from afar, you saw some of the Yankee players kind of meandering through and you saw Torres get all the way to Lindor's face and they started talking and he's whispering in his ear trying to I guess let him know what exactly was said because Lindor didn't even know what he said when he was around the bases it's loud as hell and I'm sure he just saw him turn around which never has happened I don't remember if that's ever happened where a guy singles out a guy as he's jogging past him in the base and turns back around isn't there a rule you can only go one direction can you go backwards on a home run trot at the end of the day, with, with that whole nonsense, yeah, you want guys to stand up. You want guys to have your back, and you want to have your teammates back, right? And at, you're at this point in the season where you just came off of losing eight straight, seven or eight straight, and you won a game the night before, and all of a sudden, it's like, you know what? We got to nip this thing in the bud and get it in the right direction, and I'm not going to let – if you're standing and you're looking down at Lindor, it's like the Altuve judge thing. It's like, why why are you chirping, dude? Yeah, you're well, not big enough to do that. The, the other thing, too, Figgy, is that I, I didn't have an issue with what Lindor did because I, I don't know in the heat of the moment what's going on down there at the field. Right. And, and, and if Lindor thinks he has to stick up for his team and, and say something to somebody – uh, he has every right, especially when he's rounding the bases on a home run. I mean, do what you got to do. But at the same token, I have just as much respect for Stanton to, mm -hmm. to stick up for his team and do the same thing. But I think the moment of that entire exchange uh, that we haven't talked about yet was <laughs> was Gardner's mic drop when he went out yes. there and looked at Baez and gave the thumbs down <laughs> and pointed yeah. to the fans. <laughs> I and thought, listen, that's the I second that time Gardner's been involved with thumbs down at City Field because the first time was the Yankees-Rays game yeah. at City Field where the thumbs down guy who made a business card about it, then he handed it to me at a game. <laughs> said thumbs thumbs down guy had his email and had his story on the back. I'm like, thank you. I, I know who you are. Like, Do you want me to book you for your bar mitzvah? Like, like, what are you doing here? Um, but uh, it's the second time that's happened. It was uh, pretty incredible, and I don't want to hear, guys, anymore that the Subway Series is dead. I don't want to hear. I know we're going to have the stupid two and two. Make it three and three. This brought the Subway Series back to life, if it were, of course, Farley Air Quotes dead. If, if, you know, if you thought this series lost its juice, well, it returned this weekend. Yeah, no, it did. You're right. And 9-11, too. You know, me, Figgy, and Nelly were there. Figgy, Nelly, we were hanging out and watching the ceremony well nelly i figure you might have been a little late but nelly that was emotional man you know i was getting a little teary-eyed from the anthem you know america the beautiful 2001 mets honoring the different fire and police departments Forty-three thousand standing room biggest crowd in a few years at city field uh emotional night and i think the mets and yankees uniting together like they did in 2001 when the mets and braves played at shea stadium was pretty special nelly oh i thought it was great you know i went to the memorial during the day early in the morning and that was emotional 
emotional. I, I got to meet a lot of people, some survivors, and then you go to the game and, you know, you're, you're watching the screen and a lot of memories, a lot of people talking then. And then, uh, you know, everyone in the outfield, you had the different, uh, the NYPD, the NYFD, you know, it was, it was, it was really emotional. You had Tori and Valentine throwing out the first pitch. You had both teams going and shaking hands, standing side by side with each other during the national anthem. So, you know, I absolutely loved it. I thought it was great. And I, I thought the Subway Series was great. You know, I always, you know, when I played, I really enjoyed playing the Mets. I thought it was a great rivalry. I, you know, besides the Red Sox, it's the only interleague interleague series I really like. I really can't stand interleague. I think it's uh, it, it's run its course, but as far as the Yankees and the Mets, you had a series during the 9-11 weekend that both teams, they're fighting for a playoff spot. It meant something for both teams. And, you know, even though the games were four hours and it, I didn't get home until two in the morning because the lovely subway system on, on Saturday, it was still great to see. You know, it was it was fun. I know the Yankees lost two out of three, but it was still a special weekend. I absolutely love that they wear the different hats from the different uh, either the fire department or the NYPD. I think, it, it, you know, that why the league even had a problem with that in the first place. I have no idea you're honoring our, our people that protect us and, and you know, keep us safe. And, and they're going to have an issue with wearing somebody's hat for a weekend. But I loved it. I thought it was very special. And I thought the rivalry is there. And if everybody, like you said, if somebody thinks that the Subway Series is dead, I think not. I mean, especially when you have two teams that will probably be in the playoffs picture year after year. While I was arriving late, I stood on the concourse level. I didn't get up to where we were sitting um, for the game. And so I was able to take in some of the ceremony. I, I don't know if it's it brought back memories of when everything happened 20 years ago and we were going to war. And here we were, they were saying, well, we're going to go back to playing baseball next week. A lot of people had such mixed feelings. It, you're going back to playing baseball, but with a heavy heart because, I mean, God, we're sending troops over. We're, there's bombings being showed on the news. And we realized just for a short amount of time, you get to take people's mind off of what's going on in that nature. They're still pulling bodies and rubble and, and down to ground zero. And we're going out to play a baseball game right after the ceremonies and 2021 happened, you had the USA chants going around. And with everything politically that has gone on, I don't know where you stand. I don't care where you stand because baseball is something where it's, it's, it's a universal joy for Americans, national pastime. And you hear these USA chants and everybody in unison. That was really, I had goosebumps all over again because I remember I was with the Phillies at the time and Scott Rowland hit two home runs off Greg Maddox. While Mike Piazza's home run is the most memorable, for me, it was the USA chance that just filled the crowd nonstop. And it wasn't even about, you know, who you're rooting for, the Braves or the, or the Phillies. It was, I'm rooting for baseball. I'm rooting for, you know, the USA. I'm rooting for my country. I had that all throughout the night when those USA chants were breaking out and, yeah, it was. Uh, it had some great atmosphere throughout the series where you, you're talking about different comebacks and different moments. All right, they're going to run away with it. The Mets, you know, ran away with the first one on the 10th. But the September 11th game was back and forth. And, you know, who's going to hold on here? And a bad play by Baez, air mails that ball, and that's the difference in the game. But then last night's game, and you, the tension was high and the rights to the Subway Series. And, yeah, it is the World Series for some of these Mets fans. They don't have those expectations of winning the World Series every year. And, and being that they were, you could see the trajectory that's happening with both teams. If you could be a spoiler and win the Subway Series, oh, that's a great thing because there's always going to be next year where you hope that 
it's going to matter even more because both of these teams will be doing this kind of thing for the next 10 years because they're going to be stacked. They're going to have star players. And hopefully people will want to play in New York. It's all going to depend on. I think we've seen a lot of managerial mistakes throughout that series too. Little things that came back to haunt each manager, whether they'll be here for the next Subway series, either one of them. So there was a lot of things riding on the Subway Series and Lindor, his trajectory and, and his cementing himself as a Met and all the things that he did. It's a huge moment for the Mets. I can't equate it to the World Series because, Jeff, I've never been there, I know. <laughs> but, at, but at the same time, that's playoff atmosphere, right? That's what you want to be. If you were a player, those are the moments that you can hang on to for the rest of your life because you can say, man, I remember what it felt like. It must be what it what is like to, to play in a World Series. The Mets have an opportunity now, and, and so do the Yankees, to have that take that wave and ride it till the end of September and, and into October and, and see if something happens, you know, use that juice that you got from this series, especially for the Mets and Lindor's three home runs. If you guys are doing this podcast and the Mets absolutely fall flat on their face, I'll be the first one to download the next episode because I want to hear what you guys have to say about you had this great coming out party against the New York Yankees. And then you just lost the next three. I mean, you can't do that. You got to take this and you got to run with it. And I understand the emotions are high and it's the Subway Series and it's going to be like that. But you have to take this now. That's the big boy team. The big boy team is the team that takes this and rides the crest of the wave throughout the rest of their schedule and gets something done. So we'll see what happens. You know, the Yankees get the Twins, Orioles, Indians, Rangers. So they have a stretch ahead. Uh, you know, Nelly talked about in the last episode that could determine their season before that final nine against the, uh, the Red Sox, Blue Jays, and Rays. So the Mets will take on the Cardinals at City Field and then three against the Phillies uh, at City Field. So a big week ahead, three out of the wild card. The Yankees now one back. Toronto is just surging and nothing like a couple games against the Orioles to get your season going. I mean, the first football Sunday and, uh, you know, the there's no Canada football team, but it was 22 to 7. I mean, my goodness, what timing on NFL Sunday that that happened. But for the Yankees right now, guys, and we'll get into it a little bit. I mean, this team is, you guys say, roller coaster ride. This weekend was a roller coaster. The last 10 days, Nelly, has been a roller coaster, 2 and 8, and things are unraveling quick. So you got to beat the Twins in the makeup Monday and you got to sweep the Orioles coming up. Yeah, I don't know if it's unraveling because it's pretty much how they played the whole year. They, they can't be consistent. Their defense is still terrible. Uh, you know, you have Torres and Urshela over there at third base. You know, they made some huge mistakes yesterday. And I think Figgy said it. I said both these teams, if they miss the playoffs, I think a lot has to do with their managerial moves. Uh, you know, they could probably take more blame than anything. You have both teams who have a lot of talent and it's either the computer or it's their decision making that's costing them games and not leaving guys in at certain times or uh, you know you, you look both teams had their injuries but you know both teams have made some really bad moves you look at the starting rotation of the Yankees have been awful their bullpen is either worn out or like I've always said they're like robots and they think they can get the same guy out with the same pitch every single time in the same spot and mm -hmm. you just cannot do that and it, it costs them I mean Chad Green who has great stuff and he's given up 13 homers this year as a reliever, as a setup guy. I'm sorry. It's, it, it just can't happen. Yeah, we were watching the game together Saturday, and you said to me, I don't think I gave up 13 overs my entire career. Um, yeah. Do, do we know the number? We, I got to find no, the number. I'm what sure is it? Probably, Brian, know, Brian, can, we check, some, can we check the number? Check Jeff's career and how many homers and uh we'll get to that but i'll close out this segment on this guys you know it was a wild weekend but it was one 
great to see some unity on Saturday. Obviously, that changed Sunday where everyone's fighting each other. Fans are getting tossed. Also, stop with the running on the field. I mean, you're getting banned from the ballpark. The entire nation is seeing your face. You're probably losing your job. I mean, you're ruining your life, essentially, by running on the field for no reason whatsoever, unless you know cops that are getting you out of trouble. You know, viral videos are out there. Your face is being seen. And your life is basically ruined just for uh, one drunken mistake of running the field. So stop doing that, especially on 9-11. Absolute disgrace by those two bozos who did that on Saturday. But, you know, everything around this weekend was special. 43,000 Saturday, 34,000 Friday and Sunday. Fans coming out. And after what has been a year that's COVID's killed many, you know, people have lost jobs, money. It was great to see both fans in New York out together in a pennant race. I know, you know, the Mets are still a little bit out of it, but three games now could have been two if Rojas, you know, leaves Seth Lugo in for a second inning. I won't get into that, but the managerial mistakes. The Mets have lost more one-run games than anyone. Wonder why. But it was great to see both sides come together, have a fun weekend, and now in the thick of a race. While the Yankees are struggling, they got an easy schedule coming up, and both teams here have a chance to make the playoffs, and I think that's what's exciting. And what was what an atmosphere and probably a rough watch on TV if if you had if you got work Monday morning, which everyone did. So some people might be catching the highlights this morning, but uh, it was truly special. Chris Sheeran, follow him on Twitter at Chris Sheeran. Yes, Jeff Nelson, follow him at NY Nelly 43. Catch the pinstripe pod. Also Mondays and Thursdays. Amazing but true Mondays and Thursdays. Follow Amazing but true. Jake Brown Radio Figgy NY on twitter guys uh it was good to see you all over the weekend thank you so much for coming out to our event at catch astoria uh despite the uh you know you didn't hear it in the episode but the the drunken man who came on stage and realized uh (laughs) it was jeff nelson didn't think we'd actually need rope and uh nelly was glad he had a supporter out there but uh yeah it was a fun night we raised over eleven thousand dollars that's awesome still going up so all going to tunnels towers families of 9-11 First responders, thanks to Figgy for setting that up. Thanks to Mida for help setting that up and making it what an incredible Friday night, an incredible Subway series. All right, coming up next on each show, your own prospective hosts break down their own team in the week ahead on this Amazing But True meets Pinstripe Pod crossover. That was a fun little crossover segment with the boys from the Amazing But True podcast, Jake Brown. He's our producer as well. And Nelson Figueroa, the former Met and former Major League pitcher. And uh, we were discussing uh, Jeff Nelson and his uh, home runs allowed because Jeff brought up the point that Chad Green has given up 13 uh, this season. Well, Jeff Nelson gave up 19 in his entire Yankee career out of the bullpen. So uh, what do you have to say about that there, Mr. Nelson? I mean, he's, he's... He's almost given up as as many home runs in your Yankee career in one year this year. Yeah, you know, he's got great stuff. And it's just, uh, you know, uh, if you hang a slider, you hang a breaking ball, these hitters are going to make you pay. And it doesn't matter what year. But as good as stuff as he has, you know, you watch throughout the league that you see so many outs and I shake my head. I'm like, how are they getting outs and swings and misses with balls right down the middle of the plate. You never used to be able to get away with that. But now it's just robotic. It's like, okay, this is how I'm going to pitch the guy. This is how the book says to pitch the guy. This is what the computer says as far as percentages. And guys stick with that. You know, you don't ever see the catcher read swings. You don't see guys setting th- setting pitches up. Nobody pitches inside very rarely anymore. Chad Green never pitches inside. You know, that's what Adovino, Adovino had great stuff, but he just never pitched inside. Everything was 
was away, 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 away. And you're going to get hurt. And I don't care what the computer says. If you don't keep these guys honest, and you know, now it's launch angle. We're trying to lift the ball, and you see a lot of uppercut swings. You see a lot of swings and misses at the top of the zone. You know, if you don't know how to set these guys up, you're going to get hurt. And Chad Green has gotten hurt, and he's and he's he's going to continue to get hurt if he continues to pitch by the book. And you know, that's just the whole Yankee pitching staff and the whole Yankee bullpen. The Yankee bullpen has not been good over the last couple months, or at least the last month. Well, the only one that isn't a robot is Garrett Cole. And unfortunately, he's nursing his hamstring injury. But, you know, you brought up pitching inside, and immediately in my brain, I was sitting there watching the Yankees-Blue Jays before the Subway Series started, and Cole uh, actually was... um, there I say pitching Nelly right he came he can he was pitching to Vladimir Guerrero the guy coming into that series I believe had 40 40 homers or 41 homers he now has 44 after that series with the Orioles but Cole can now look it, it didn't even come close to his head but he came up and in he, he he threw a pitch to get him off the plate now Vladdy's reaction to that made me laugh because he starts shaking his head and looking out at Cole, like nodding, like, okay, okay. Hey, Vladdy, it's called pitching. And you know what? You're surprised by it because no one does it anymore. Right. Everybody just gives you room service fastballs right down the middle because people are afraid to pitch inside. That's pitching. They don't teach it anymore. Cole's one of the last bastions of pitchers that will do that. Max Scherzer, you think he's going to give you a cookie? Think he's going to give you a room service fastball to a guy who has 40 freaking home runs on the season? I can't, this is what we talked about in the crossover portion. I can't take this anymore. It's not baseball on so many levels. It's not baseball. I don't give a and I'm sorry I cursed, but I don't, I don't care anymore. I just don't care because this isn't baseball on so many levels. It's not baseball. You want to sit there. You have to have a freaking degree in advanced mathematics to understand any of this stuff. And I'm sorry, but that's why I got into TV because I couldn't do math. So to sit there and look at baseball reference and see how they come up with these analytics and, and F war. Yes. F war. Indeed. F war i don't want to talk about this stuff anymore i want to i want to go back to the analytical where he sat back he said okay what pitch is coming next all right i gotta get inside the batter's head i gotta get inside the pitcher's head i gotta get inside the catcher's head i want to see what's going on no it's not any of that now now it's flipping the hat up and 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 seeing all right okay he just gave me the number four so the number four means two is now a fastball. One is now a changeup. Three is now, Nelly, my head is going to explode. And, and I'm sorry. I know, I know we're supposed to be talking about, you know, what just happened in the Subway Series and where this team is headed. I know it's been a roller coaster too, but this game has weighed on me this season. This season in particular, because they're not playing baseball, Nelly. The Yankees are not playing baseball. They're going station, station to station, as you just alluded to in our last segment. The defense has been absolutely terrible. You cannot win baseball games when you're giving up runs especially by porous defense and that's exactly what the Yankees are doing by running Glaber Torres out to shortstop I know he hit the two-run homer yeah okay fine but when you're making errors in the field and you're putting Clark Schmidt who's making his first major league appearance this season out there you can't do that you got to get him off the field. You got to get him off the mound. You got to make those plays. And that was routine. Urshela, I'll give a little bit of a break. That was a tough hop. But Torres was a routine play. He was in position to make it. And as Alex Rodriguez said on the broadcast, his footwork got lazy, 
and he made the error. This team, and look, we live in an era of hot takes, Jeff. This team is going nowhere. You mentioned you mentioned Urshela, and you know he looked lazy as well. I know it was a tough hop. He's had a really tough year over there. Since at third he base. came back from injury, he's been lost. Yeah, you know it's just one of those. He's a really good third baseman, and that's probably one of the reasons why he's been there. And obviously, his play from last year and over the last couple of years has proven that he's a really good third baseman. And this year, it just hasn't been that way. And it's like you mentioned after injury. Jake and I were sitting there on Saturday, and yes, yeah, so the last two games were outstanding against the Mets and the Yankees and and the Yankees didn't come out on top they lost two out of three another thing that's bad is that you know Higashioka wound up hitting a home run I'm looking and this guy's hitting 196 and the whole right side of the infield is wide open and you had a runner on second base and I think the game was still close and I'm like okay this guy's hitting 196 he's got nine home runs and I said how do you not go the other way and get a base hit and drive in an RBI? How. They don't know, know. how, Nelly. And it's disgrace. And then the commissioner, and this is so funny because the commissioner's two suites away and he's watching this. And I'm just wondering, I'm like, does he really think that this game is going in a good direction? Because I'm watching and I'm it's like, this is, this is a joke. It's absolutely a joke. And, and here's the thing. For all, for all the people poo-pooing what I just said, look at what Rizzo did with the Nationals in 2019 that was an old school team nelly they went the other way they took what the pitcher gave them and they won a world series so we're two years removed i'm not i I know dodger fans will kill me for i'm not counting last i last year i know they won whatever it it is what it is it was a 60 game season and, and i know they were up against it because of covid but it was what it was but 2019 we're two years removed from a gm that actually built this team as a baseball team and won. They had good pitching, they had solid defense, and they had Kevin Long as their hitting instructor. And the guy, how, how many World Series has the guy been in? He was with the Mets in 2015. He was with the Yankees in 2009. He was with the Nationals in 2019. The guy's got to be doing something right. Uh, am I right or wrong? But this Yankee team, the Twins, the Orioles, the Indians, and the Rangers, I don't know how many times, Nelly, we've said over the course of this roller coaster season, oh well, this X game stretch is going to decide their seat. I can't do it anymore. I just can't. Like this team can't get out of its own way. And not to pat ourselves on the back, at the beginning of August, we both said this. I don't know where the Yankee bullpen is going to be in September because they've been overused, especially certain guys. Loisica is now on the IL uh, with shoulder soreness. Chad Green looks toast. Aroldis Chapman has been toast for quite some time. He can't figure it out. Wandy Peralta in September has been like the exact 180 of the Wandy Peralta in August. And unfortunately, boys and girls, you have to be consistent if you want to get to October and last throughout October. And I heard on the broadcast last night, Alex Rodriguez said, oh, well, these guys are, you know, they're, they're, they're gone because last year was only 60 games and this is 162 games. Hold on a second. Jeff, would you have killed someone to have a 60 game season where you got a little bit of a break? It was like kind of a half a year off or, or two thirds of a year off. You get to build your arm back up. You, you basically, you're not pitching the high, high leverage as much as you, you would in a regular season. And now these guys are getting excuses made for them because they had a 60 game season last year. Not that it was beneficial, but it was it was awful for them. I, I'm in the twilight zone. I I, I can't no, I I totally agree, and and I don't. 
for someone like Alex Rodriguez, who has played a full season and know what it takes to play a full full season, you know, maybe a little help every once in a while, you know, you work your butt off in the wintertime and you work your butt off during the season to try to get through 162 games. And as a reliever or even a starter, you try to get through 33 starts, 35 starts as a starter to try to reach 200 innings if that ever happens again. And as a reliever, you know you're throwing 60-plus games, so you work your way through the season and get yourself ready. I don't know what these guys do now as far as conditioning, as far as weightlifting, or or what they do. I I agree, 60 games, I would have killed to have a 60-game season because I'm probably pitching in 25 of them or 30. And you have almost basically a year off from your arm. And I don't want to hear the excuse that, oh, it's uh, you know this is a long season, they played 60 games, now it's hurting them. No, wrong. You condition yourself for this season. You condition yourself for a long season, a long baseball season. This is what it's for. You have the dog days of August. You power through it. And then September, you're ready to go. The air starts getting cooler. You're ready to go. You're ready to go for the playoff push. And these guys cannot do that. All right. Well, since you brought that up, before we wrap things up here, do you think this team even makes the playoffs? And to me, I think make the playoffs or not make the playoffs. I think Aaron Boone is back as the manager next year. I really do. I just don't see how they change it. And and Yankee fans, if, if you want some truth, here's the truth. Unless they start changing course on this, and Nellia, I'm sorry, I just have to say this before we get your thoughts on the playoffs right now, but unless the Yankee, if they get rid of Boone, if they bring in another manager that Brian Cashman just you know tells what to do uh, as per usual in, in the major league, the only way this team changes course and starts winning World Series championships again is if they change course away from this analytic department. That's the only way. That's what I feel in my gut. I could be wrong. I don't know. I don't think they make the playoffs this year, Nelly. I know they have a a softball schedule coming up over the next week and a half. I think uh, they're done. Uh, What are your thoughts? Well, I totally agree with you. If they're going to get to the World Series at any point in time, they're going to have to throw the analytic department in in the trash and revamp that because it just doesn't, it hasn't worked. Their plan, their 10-year plan, whatever they call it, it hasn't worked. You've won one World Series in 20, it could be 21 years, and it's just not working. And it doesn't work for any team, I think. You know, there yes, information's good, but the way that the Yankees are using it, it's just it's a detriment rather than well, an asset. It works. It works if you don't have the payroll, but the Yankees have the damn payroll. Right. You know, and it, people are gonna yeah. shove the Red Sox in my face and say they use analytics too and they've won World Series. Fine. But the Red Sox have a great payroll too. I mean, it's up there. They and also they have, had they, they also a lot had of a really good manager. If you okay, when they were winning the World Series back then with Terry Francona, it wasn't all analytics. This guy is an old school manager. Oh yeah, of and course. he used both, and you know he he used the information, but for the most part, it was a lot of. I'm going on my gut feel. I'm riding the guys that I know how to ride. You had Veritek behind the plate, who's a very smart catcher. He knows how to read pitches. He knows how to read batters. He knows what they're trying to do. He doesn't need a computer to tell him, hey, 10% of the time he does, he he swings at sliders on this count, and that's what they're doing. Oh, I'm going to pitch up in the zone, and I'm going to stay there until they hit it. it it's a joke. I, as far as them making the playoffs, uh, I, I think there's still a shot, but now if you look at Toronto, they have completely, when the Yankees were going through that 13-game winning streak, that's when Toronto had their little fall. Now all of a sudden Toronto is kicking it back in again. They just swept the Yankees at home. They just scored 44 runs in the last three games against the Orioles. So offensively, they could be the best offense. 
offensive team in the league. They also have some pretty decent pitching. The Red Sox, you know, fortunate enough for the Yankees, Sale went on the COVID IL. So once they get him back, I'm sure they'll kick it in again. I'm not counting in the Mariners. Maybe Oakland might, you know, get a little run. Their bullpen has been horrible. I think they got like a seven or a nine ERA over the last month. So their bullpen has been horrible. But the Yankees, you know, I'm not sure. You know, again, it's really tough. And and we said it, what, last week that this stretch of games is going to be the Yankees season because when they go into the last nine games, they're not winning the division. They're 10 games out and they have 19 games left. They're not winning the division. They got to count on this one game playoff. If they can't get Cole back then I think they probably don't and as far as Boone coming back listen I love Aaron Boone he was my teammate his brother his dad you know the decisions sometimes that he makes makes me wonder if he is really a a good manager I know he's a good a good communicator and I know he goes by the book and the computer and all that other stuff but it's just some of the stuff that they do and he does it's just I, I shake my head and I don't know I go why you know, why are you making this move? Why didn't you make this move? And I think that probably is a change. I, I think they do make a change. It, it's almost well, like they have to if they don't make no, the playoffs. Well, that's a we'll see. But yeah. uh, I, I know this. I know that the Yankees pretty much are cooked. There's no Michael Jordan's uh, secret drink that he had in Space Jam for the bullpen to drink. You could see that the bullpen is cooked. There's no help coming. And I'm sorry, Yankee fans, but if you think there's some magic that's going to happen over the next 19 games that are remaining in this season, and uh, six of them are against the Blue Jays and the Rays to, I think, close out the season, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Let me just double check that to make sure. Yeah, it's the it's the Jays and Rays. Oh, the Red Sox, Jays Red Sox, and Rays. Blue Jays, Rays, yeah. nine. And you sound like me. I mean, you guys are only a game out. We're, we're three out and I'm yeah, like but Jay, ready to have a parade. We're not we're not stupid. We we could see what's been going on with the pitching and the bullpen. And and when you don't have pitching, you're not going anywhere. And you know, you might go down, you might see the Yankees go down to Camden Yards over this three-game set and a team that just got absolutely housed by the Blue Jays. You might see one run games against the Orioles. I mean, God forbid, but that might be the case. And I'm not I'm not worried about the offense. I'm not worried about Judge coming back from the dizziness. I'm not worried about Stanton. They will get there. And they have carried this team. And this vitriol is not pointed in their direction. It's the pitching. And we say it every year. Pitching and defense will win you ball games, And the Yankees don't have that. And when you don't have that, you're not going to win too many ball games. And, 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 and I'm telling Yankee fans right now, right now, as we tape this on the 13th of September, it looks very bleak. And that's going to do it for this edition of the Pinstripe Pod. That says goodnight to episode 86, fittingly enough, the Clark Schmidt edition of the Pinstripe Pod, our Yankees podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Jake Brown and Brian Mungia for producing the show. Go on Apple Podcasts right now. Give us a five-star rating. Write it a positive review. We appreciate it. You could also find us on Spotify or wherever else you get your podcasts. For Jeff Nelson, I'm Chris Sheeran. We are back on Thursday after games against the Twins and Orioles. Enjoy the games, and thanks for listening to the Pinstripe Pod. <laughs>